I'm Gab. He's Jules. Blue skies over West London. Maybe. I don't know because we're in Doha. <laughs> what I can tell you is the sky is dark Always right now. blue otherwise. Uh, and the sky's a little less dark for Germany. Yes. After their draw with Spain, but even more so after Japan incredibly lost to Costa Rica earlier yeah. today. We're going to get into all that. There is so much going on. The USA and Iran that's coming up shortly after the USA's draw with Wales. Uh, we've had France winning again. So many stories. But, Jules, let's start with the game I was at. Just came from there. Spain against Germany. Finished 1-1. Now, I touched upon this in the preamble. This is going to be pretty tasty. Because yeah. earlier in the day, had Japan beating Costa Rica, and we were all expecting it to happen. Completely, completely. Then it would have meant that Germany would have needed a win against Spain. Spain, let me remind you, they just put seven past Costa Rica yeah. to even have even stay alive in the tournament. They would have been going home. They would have been the third team eliminated after Qatar and Canada earlier in the day. It didn't work out that way. It was a 1-1 draw. Yeah. And I'm just going to put this idea to you. Mark Ogden, the very wise Mark Ogden, sitting next to me, say, I'm not going to try his accent, but he said, this feels like a Champions League group game between two of the favorites where they know they're going to play. They, they know that like, the benefits of winning are outweighed by the damage done by losing. That was my vibe. I thought I think this is a bit cynical, I have to be honest. Mark I thought, Ogden, cynical? Yeah, I thought it was a really high-level game. I have to say, one of the best of the tournament so far. Not so much in terms of chances created and not in terms of that kind of entertainment, but in terms of tactics, in terms of the, um, the awareness that you had to be on the page, the intelligence, the football IQ of both teams, what both teams were trying to do, which was very, very different. I, I give you that for sure. Two very different styles. And we can argue that maybe Germany could have attacked a bit more in the first, in the, in the first hour, let's say. That maybe Spain should have and could have created a bit more and after taking the lead could have gone maybe a second goal or had a, a first goal earlier. But I, I still thought this was a really, really high-level game. I take your point about the high-level stuff. When you were there in the stadium, you saw very obviously how well Germany pressed in this game, right? Because you knew Spain were going to build up. Yeah. I was interested in how he was going to change things. Uh, there were some suggestions. They're going to play, you know, Joshua Kimmich at, at right back. That didn't happen. He moved the large Sule inside against, yeah. uh, together with Rudiger. He put Tilo Kehrer right back. Again, not my favorite player, but, you know, yeah. whatever. He's a body. At least no Schlotterbeck. He's not going to be. At least you got Schlotterbeck out of the lineup. Yeah. Although Schlotterbeck came on and made a great really tackle, good tackle towards the That's end. That's true. We have to give him. Um, but most importantly... No Kai Havertz, no best on earth. He went with Thomas Muller up front and an extra ball-playing midfielder. With, you know, so you had Goretzka with Gundogan and, uh, and Kimmich. And I thought it worked. And I want to say this about Thomas Muller. He's old. He's 33. He's ungainly. He's not fit either. Completely fit. He's Much not, fit, I mean. He was a freak athlete before. He's not that now. But... When you're talking about pressing a certain, a certain way, yeah. it's not just about energy. It's about intelligence. It's about leading the press. It's about finding the right tr triggers. That man has a really, really big brain. Yeah. He's got a really big footballing brain. And that was part of the reason, I thought, why the press worked so hard and why they were so disruptive to, to Spain. Other than, uh, than the shot from the, the Dani Olmo shot in the first half, Early, which yeah. Neuer made a tremendous save, I don't remember any Spain opportunities before uh, minute 60, except for the one that was disallowed. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I think, um, I think the importance for the front four for Germany and how, how they all complement each other was really good. So if you can, Gundogan, Muller, Gnabry and Musiala, four very different profiles that actually work very well together by being very good at what each of them's speciality is, if you want. So the press for Muller, I mean, Musiala is just outstanding for his edge. It's just incredible for me. He's just out of this world. And then you've got Gundogan, who plays almost as a 10, but sometimes more as an 8, which was very clever. And then Gnabry on the right with his pace, who a couple of times could have been through on goal and could have done a bit better, maybe. So that, that worked well. And I still think that Spain, at times, moved the ball so well that they're almost like just too happy to move the ball, you know? Yeah. And, and, in, and instead of thinking about a bit more cutting edge, they just pass the ball and pass the ball and, and they're happy without really thinking about the end product. But when the end product arrived, like that ball from Jordi Alba towards Morata, then it's, it's pretty special. I just would like those kind of balls or balls into the half spaces like they did a bit more in the second half. I would like to see that a little bit more.
for too much of the time, I think. All right, you know my thoughts on this whole, like, sort of genuine number nine, false number nine, and so on. I, you know, I think a lot of it is nonsense. However, in this case, when you take off uh, Ferran Torres for Morata after nine minutes like he did, I don't know that Marco Asensio, who was playing through the middle mostly yeah. until that point, I don't know that he would have made that run where Jordi Alba found him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, maybe not. I, I don't think, I, I just don't think it would have been a natural instinct for him. Uh, I want to ask you about the goal as well, because Monata gets a ton of criticism. And we've all seen him miss a lot of goals. But ultimately, I looked, I think he's like the fifth leading goal scorer in the history of the Spanish national yeah. team. Uh, and he's going to pass a few people in the coming yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, he's quite close. The man is tall, he's strong, he's very mobile. He's extremely unselfish. Yeah, he's good technically. He's very well, handsome. But, yeah. And he's very hardworking. He's just not a good finisher. Full stop. I don't he's know. Not. I don't know if we need he's to wheel out the finisher. XG. Okay, he's not Robert Lewandowski. Yeah, he's not a good finisher. But this is a really good finish from a not very good finisher. Yeah, but because if you're turning to play Marco Asensio, who's far more technical, but just simply yeah, but doesn't play center forward. Yeah, right? exactly. But but he brings you something different. And again, maybe because you played Rudiger and Sula, you needed your three little guys up front, Olmo, Torres and Asensio, to just move around all the time. The ball would move as well. Gavi and Pedri would pick up those positions between the lines. And that could work as well. But I think one that doesn't work after an hour, then you go back to Morata. And, and, and I'm completely fine. Or you do the other way around. You start with Morata. And if that doesn't work... You go back to your little, like, you know, like your small front three, if you want. I think that could work. On Morata's goal, I think the less he has to think, the better he is. The ball comes, it's pure instinct. He goes with the outside of the right foot. By the way, I ask everybody to watch the goal again. And Niklas Zulu's, just keep looking at Zulu because when the ball goes wide to Alba, and to be fair, Kerrer takes a long time to shuffle across. So Alba has a lot of space to cross the ball. Zulu is looking at his shoes, doesn't see that. No, I swear to you, he's looking at his shoes, Gab. And then Morata goes in front of him, and then it's over. It looked like, you know, in Italian... He was just looking at the floor. I was like, what are you doing, dude? In Italian, we have an expression called rubare il tempo, which means stealing the time, stealing the moment. And that, I kind of feel that's what Morata did to Sule. Now, watching from the stands, I did not notice him looking yeah, at Yeah, have feet. a look again. It was crazy. I thought he did it with a shimmy, with a movement. But when, when you get that... That half step. Yeah, and then Suda's not going to be able... Suda can catch Morata over 50 meters. He's not going to catch him over three or four meters. I was interested with, with the finish, though, because before before we came on, we were sitting over there. Uh, we were speaking to Herc Gomez yeah. as well, uh, you know, former U.S. Uh, striker, long career. Yeah. And I asked, the ball's coming from there. Why wouldn't you take it with your left and just side foot it? Because it seems to me it's a lot more difficult to finish the way he finished. Yeah, I think he was very instinctive. And then from the, where the ball is coming from Jordi Alba, his, posi- the bo- his body position would be hard, I think, to hit it inside of his left foot. So then the other option is to try inside of the right foot. But then you let the ball go in front of you and then maybe that kind of extra second, the defender can tackle and block the ball, for example, or you show a lot of the ball to the goalkeeper. Whereas like that, I think he surprised Neuer. He might have surprised Zula as well. And then, and then oh. to be fair, he kind of bubble just in front of him so it's not on the ground if again if you watch it again the ball is slightly over the ground which makes it easier for him with the outside of his right foot to hit it the way he did and that's why we just finished saying you just said he's not a good finisher no, but, but sometimes but, he pulls off stuff yeah. like that yeah I, I of course thought, but he's, you know. he's still a very good player so the instinct <laughs> is there and he's good but I, for example on the full crook goal everybody gives the assist to Musiala and he's the last player to touch the ball before the, sh- before the shot from full crook but I don't think Musiala means that at all. I the think word he wants Sane before that. The ball from Sane to Musiala. Yeah. Musiala touches it, but I think he wants to, to bring the ball in his path and he ends up yeah. into Fulcro's path, who then smashes it into the goal. It was a little bit like the, uh, like the Brazil goal where, where Neymar's in the box, the, 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 the first goal. Yeah, the first one where Neymar's he lets the ball the to Vini. Yeah, yeah exactly. and then Vini just takes it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I want to talk about Fulcro and, and the way Germany finished the game because obviously. You go a goal down. You need to make your substitutions. And look, he does what he can do, right? He uses yeah. what he has. I was worried that I was going to see Mario Goetze coming. No Mario Goetze. <laughs> but you have Sané, who, not fit, but still. You know, should have scored at the minutes. end, though. Why did he pick But that? at that point, 
I was just thinking, when you have Leroy Sané and Nabry on one side, you have full Krug, who, whatever, may be limited, but is still a big body up front. Yeah. And you have Musiala behind him. I'm wondering, does something click and say, you know what, this is the way I want to play. This is where we're better. When we I, need I'm to just... run up the score against Costa Rica, this is what we're going to do. Uh, yeah, Maybe. although I don't think Fulcroc can press. Or certainly not as well as Muller. I don't know if right now he's ready to play 90 minutes, 70 minutes, 60 minutes at that kind of level. Let's not forget, a year ago he was playing in Bundesliga too with Werder Bremen. Scoring loads of goals in there and he has scored loads of goals in the Bundesliga this year because he's second top goal scorer yeah, behind sorry, but How much pressing are you going to do against Costa Rica? No, no, I'm Costa Rica, yes. You're yes, going to yes. have the ball the whole time. Yeah, and I would, I would be amazed if he doesn't start against Costa Rica, especially after the goal that he scored when he pretty much bailed you out in that game tonight against Spain. So I expect him to start. Uh, and and maybe to see Sunny from the start as well. Musiala has to stay because he's just he's just incredible. Uh, uh, the Argentina in good mood next door. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's a great story. It's one of the stories of the World Cup. The guy had no cows before the World Cup or one friendly, and then and then he scores on his second appearance in the World Cup. It's pretty impressive. All right, let's just project this forward. You and I were trying to kind of figure out the the different permutations. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to do this. So the team by team, what, very simply what they need to do. So if you're Spain, very simple. If you win the game, you advance. Against Costa Rica. Uh, so against, you've got four points. Sorry, not against Costa Rica. Against uh, Japan. Oh, sorry, right? against Japan. Sorry. Uh, if you get a draw, you're on five points. Yeah. And that means that you're going to advance no matter what. Yeah. You can, if you lose the game to Japan... Then you're on four points, and then it depends what happens in the other game. If it's a draw between Germany and Japan, and between Costa Germany and Costa Rica, yeah. you still advance. My yeah. recommendation, I'm sorry, Costa Rica, I doubted you once, you proved me wrong. My recommendation <laughs> is saying, you do too. not lose this game against Japan because there's no telling what could happen. You know, Germany will presumably beat Costa Rica, yeah. right, at that point. You and would then Germany so. would, be, would be level. No, because Germany would be... Germany would have four points. Yeah, would have more points beat Costa Rica, yeah. And they would no, but they would be level with Spain. If but Spain lose, a, yeah, but it's the goal difference. Spain have a massive goal difference because they scored seven against Costa Rica. We've seen Germany score like what, like eight, eight against Saudi Arabia some yeah. World Cups ago. But yeah, yeah. It, it might do not, not take anything for for, no, exactly. uh, for granted. Um, Are you reassured by Germany though? Did what did, did, did what you see tonight kind of reassured you a bit on? The ability, the capability in this World Cup, how far they could go after the car crash that was the Japan game. I still think this is a team where the pieces don't fit together, and he's going to have to make a big decision at some point. When Sane's fit, you know, fit to start, Sane needs to play. And if Sane plays, and Musiala needs to play. Yeah. And then at that point, I, I don't think he's going to drop Nabri. And then at that point, you're looking at Muller at center forward again, or maybe we don't see Havertz again. Yeah. Which again is odd, right? Because Havertz is... Maybe Germany's one of yeah. Germany's three most talented players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the best on earth, right? Yeah, yeah, Chelsea yeah, fans is. used to tell him. <laughs> yeah. I think he might have changed their mind a little bit. Uh, it's difficult. And I think he's going to have to choose the right mix for the right game. And then it comes down to, you know, his man management skills, how strong the group is. Um, so that's Spain we've covered. From Germany's perspective, you need to beat uh, Costa Rica. And you need to hope, you need to hope that Japan does not beat Spain. Yeah. Basically. And if they do beat Spain, then that would mean that, like we said, the scenario we talked about, you need to start scoring eight or nine goals. Yeah. So Germany, Which... you have to win or you have to win. Very, yeah. very simple. Very simple. Costa Rica, if you win, you're through. Yeah, simple as. Right? Simple on as six that. points. With two, go- with two, get- with two wins out of three, which would be incredible. Japan, if you win... You're through. Yeah. Um, a draw between Costa Rica and Germany would set up a scenario where Germany would be out, obviously. Yeah. Costa Rica would be on four points. And then if Japan lose, Japan. Costa Rica through. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Right. So I hope, I hope that sounds <laughs> That's uh, complicated, to be fair. If you didn't follow us, go on our website, Dale Johnson. He got you covered. He's got every imaginable scenario under the sun. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Bueno, bastante España. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gav. Or you could have said, vamos, Gav. Vamos, Gav, vamos. The United States hold England to a nil-nil victory, as yes. one paper put it. Jules, love for Greg or time to have a go at Gareth again? Bit of both, but I think I'll insist on Gareth. I'm sorry. I mean, Greg, oh. well done. I mean, it worked. Your midfield. 4 2 Pulisic working hard. It, it was good. Your midfield worked well. I liked it. But my word, Gareth. Come, what are you thinking? Why? When you've got so much momentum from your first game, you go and do this. Like, this makes no sense. No pressing, no intensity. Let's have a sleep. Why don't we enjoy well, having a little nap? No? Pace ourselves for what? If you win, you're qualified. What pace of what? There's no pace. There's what, what pacing for what? There's no pacing. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand any substitutions. I don't understand his game game in-game planning tactics I don't understand anything he's thinking or doing I don't get it I hope for them they win it and they go far but that game against the US it was a car crash it, they it deserve was, to lose it, that big time I, I don't want to overdo it with the tactics but it seems to me that they said oh the US play 4-3-3 and that's what we're going to prepare for and then when he saw that it was a different thing like a lot of managers said well let's, let's not worry about what they do let's worry about our game and the problem with your game is you're not, you weren't set up for that, and you, didn't, you failed to make the adjustment. And I was surprised, like, Bellingham. How is it he's so good in one game, and in the other game? Because they, they had not prepared for that USA game at all. They had no plan. And I, I don't understand how you can not have a plan in a, in a World Cup match. What do you do before the game? How do you prepare for a game? I don't understand. There's no, when you realize that the way the US are going to press you and the way the US play... Like you just said, Gab, just adapt and maybe tell Bellingham to play a little bit deeper. So you've got two sixes, Rice and Bellingham, not Bellingham more as an eight and Mount more as kind of a ten. And Rice on his own because Rice is obviously under a lot of pressure coming from Adams and coming from, from McKinney and, and coming from, um, from Musa. You're just like, I mean, it was, cr- I, I don't know. I was What's so disappointed. Welsh dragon roars and no, they're gonna go through. I'm just and people keep saying like, oh yeah, but remember the Euros? They drew nil nil with Scotland. I don't care. I don't <laughs> care what happened in the summer 2021. We're here in Doha. It doesn't matter what happened before. I was just so disappointing. And I mean, the start that made me laugh the most is that Harry Maguire had as many touches in the USA box than Harry Kane. And for me, that sums it all up. We're not going to talk about Harry Kane's ankle, fitness. Blah, I don't blah, think blah, he's no. fit, but if they want to play him, they can play him. I mean, like, you know, it's crazy. Two late, late, late goals for Iran give them a dramatic 2-0 win over Wales. Gab, you were there. I was there. This game was so intense. It was, it was a privilege, actually, to be there. Um, you know, Wales set up, look, it's very obvious. Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey are not fully fit. They're yeah. playing because their names are Gareth Bale and, and Aaron Ramsey. And if they wasn't, they'd have two guys from some Welsh Valley who, you know, even unfit Ramsey and unfit Bale are going to be much better than those guys. Um, Iran gave, gave everything they had. They were the game. better team as well, yeah. And it really was, it really, really was tremendous. Uh, in the end, I think the focus is obviously going to be on... You know, Wales, the trauma of going down to 10 men and, and the two late, late goals. Mm. But, but this was a deserved victory. Oh, completely. There's no question about it. Completely, completely. You're not just saying that because of the shirt you're wearing. <laughs> it's, you know. Yeah, but uh, still, like, you know, they, they, they were really the better side. Um, so I, 
I was happy. It was emotional. Um, and, yeah, and I love the fact that the Iran-USA game means a lot now coming up. And, and I'm psyched that I'll be there. Yeah. Sticking with Iran, Carlos Kairos had some very harsh words for Jurgen Klinsmann. Yeah. Who, who later tried to defuse the situation, Jules. But he does a little bit of what... Klinsman said. Yeah, so he was on television talking about the game, and I think he mentioned the... Uh, on English television. On I English think. television, and he mentioned the sort of physical aspect of the Iran game. But he used the word culture, and he sounded like, and I think he was a bit clumsy, although he's lived in the US, and be, his English is very, very good. I think he meant in their style of play, of, as in football, this is what they do. They're very physical, they're, they're very committed. Uh, but I think he was taken... At, by the letter of the, the word that he actually said and people said that he was talking about Iranian people and the country and the culture in general, right? And no, then he but tied just it into Central America and the Guatemalan referee. And, and if you're talking about... It was a little bit weird. It was definitely a bit weird, especially after a game in which, you know, the worst foul in that game was committed when Wayne Hennessy tried to yeah. decapitate Mehdi Taremi. I mean, yeah. you know... Normal circumstances, you go to prison for that. I don't, yeah. You know, yes. uh, so, was strange. so Carlos Queiroz responded on Twitter with like a long thread inviting Klinsmann, I think, to the, um, to the camp and yeah. to see what they are and to have a discussion and basically educating him, which yeah. I thought was maybe over the top, but I can understand where he's coming from as well. Yeah, and then Klinsmann, to his credit, immediately tried to, tried to defuse yeah. it. I just think right now, in a World Cup context... We have to pick our words a little bit carefully. Yeah, I think, of uh, course you have to. And, and, and to add more drama to this, was Iran and the USA's next game? It's against each other, Gab. And there's tensions as well that have been raised by the US Soccer Federation's Twitter accounts. What was that all about? Yeah, so this was this different US soccer social media. Um, essentially, if you look at the Iranian flag, there's a little symbol in the middle that is a symbol of the Iranian uh, revolution at some point, I think in 1979, yeah, it was uh, late 70s. Yeah. Um, you know, there was an Islamic revolution in, in Iran where the, the previous ruler, the, the, the Shah, was, was deposed and sent away. A lot of Iranians emigrated around that time, and, and that's when it came in. And they decided to go, and when, when they sort of published the little, the little graphic of the Iranian flag, they showed the old Iranian flag, the flag without the symbol of yeah. the Islamic Revolution. Uh, and supposedly this was done to highlight the plight of, of what's going on in Iran, the repression towards, towards women, certainly after the Mashrabini case. It's not just women, it's also you know, union leaders yeah. and uh, trade unionists and stuff like that. Look, this is a very, very valid issue to raise. Completely. But there are two serious problems with this. Number one, this doesn't come from the team. Uh, according to Sam Borden, who reported on this, uh, Greg Berhalter and the players, they, even, they were unaware of this yeah. until it actually happened. You do not put your team in that situation. Um, the, you're not the ones, you know, whatever nerd, is, or the loser, hipster, social account guy went and put this out, he's not the one who's going to be in the stadium facing Iran. No. He doesn't have to deal with the fallout of this. Yeah. Number two, this is entirely, entirely unnecessary. This is completely puerile trolling. And think about what you're doing, right? It's called the Islamic Republic of Iran right now. Right now we already have so many issues with different religions and misunderstandings and stuff like that. You remove that symbol, you're removing the Islamic part from Iran. Think about what that means. Yeah. Since you're having a World Cup in a Muslim country, think how disrespectful that is to them, to, to, to the tens of millions of Muslim Americans. Um, Iran have obviously already complained. Of course. Yeah. I, I don't know how far up this goes. I don't know who signed up on it. I don't know if it's Cindy Parler Cohn who signed off on it. I, I, I would hope she takes responsibility. The buck stops. Well, someone has to take responsibility. Somebody anyway. has to take responsibility. It's, like it's not simple. fair to the U.S. players. It's certainly not fair to the Iranian players. You're not highlighting the plight of anything. You're just being stupid. If, yeah. if, if you, if you want to go and make a statement about it, you find the right time to do it, and you do it in unison with the player. In fact, I'll give you an idea. You Go want on. a statement? Go U.S. On. Soccer Federation. I don't know if she's here, whoever you are. Why don't you go to the stadium, right, with your, with your, FIFA, with your, with your Blazers and sit with the other FIFA people and put on a Masa Amini T-shirt, right? 
something like that, highlighting the plight of women in Iran, supporting the people. If this is the statement you wish to make, yeah. what will happen is you will get kicked out by FIFA. They'll send you, oh, no, we have to send you home for the tournament. But you will have made your statement. And you know what? It will have been on you. It'll be your skin in the game, not the U.S. players who have to go and play this match in, in this ridiculously ratcheted up uh, tension. Yeah. I mean, this, I, I really think this is really bad. I hope a lot of people are as angry as I am, and, the, and I hope there's serious backlash to this. Yeah. Well, Speaking said. Well, Speak- said Gabby, thank you. Speaking of trolling intention. Oh, I like this one. How did Canada coach John Herdman's, and I quote, F Croatia routine work out, Jules? Not so well, Gab, because they lost 4-1. They took the lead after two minutes after Davis. And I guess the world of the game, of the world of the night, is what Andre Kramaric said after the game, saying, like, oh, we wanted to say a big thank you to John Herdman, actually, because for the extra motivation. And now we can see who effed who. Uh, in this game and I mean listen I understand again his team talk after the, the defeat against Belgium before this Croatia game because his, his boys have played well but sometimes I think you have to be very careful going back to you know what you've just said be careful what you say be careful what you do be careful who can hear it because I'm not surprised that the Croatian players use that as extra motivation say oh you think you're going to F us up let's see now and I think they took the lead which was great far too early then they didn't know how to control the game we love Atiba Hutchinson, and the guy is a legend, but he's 39 years old. He cannot play in the World Cup anymore. And I think they play with 10 men, and Croatia was just too good for them. I mean, look, Canada's a tremendous story. All the, the, the tremendous work that they've done, John Herdman's done, his own personal story is tremendous. Incredible. And big and hats off to them. It's a learning curve they, for them. They took the game to Belgium. They should have beaten Belgium. This is maybe not the reason they lost, but if there's one country in the world, one group of people... You do not want, want to wind up to wind up and piss off. <laughs> it is these guys. Yep. It's Croatia. It was all over the media. There was a front page of a Croatian tabloid newspaper. Still, they had, yeah. Did you see that? The, yeah. the picture of a naked John Herdman, and he had like a little teeny tiny yeah. maple leaf covering his private parts. And I, I mean, honestly, like you do not want. It's not, a learning curve for him no, as well. It's exactly, you know, exactly. Well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com gab. Just go to Indeed.com gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Meanwhile, Gab, another brutal performance from Belgium. I was there, uh, who were beaten 2-0 by Morocco and a phenomenal Hakim Ziyech. Really phenomenal. Yeah. Hence the shirt, of course, for all my uh, Moroccan brothers. All Mahouyas, well done to them. I mean, well, first of all, just going through the Morocco 11, you're like, these guys are really good. Yeah. Masraoui, Hakimi, Roman Saiz. But... Beyond that, I, I really struggle with Belgium. Help me out here. I, they were terrible against Canada, yeah. and we gave credit to Canada. Now they're terrible against Morocco. Let's give credit to Morocco. But you're Belgium. What happened to yeah. Pal Vincent Company saying, all we need is, you know, we, we have the shutdown keeper but, and the, 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 the match winners? They, they have those. They had the ball in the first half, but they were doing nothing with it. There's a kind of half a chance for Batshuayi earlier on. And the, but then nothing, just literally nothing with the ball. Okay, you don't con- you can't concede you don't concede any chances, but you don't do anything with the ball. At half and time, did he change the system as well. Yeah, at half time he four? went like four two three one. I mean, in the first half he was a hybrid back four back three. Second half he went for four two three one. Hazard playing more centrally. His brother on the left, behind Bash- so Eden behind Bashwari, and then the brain on the right hand side, to literally almost no effect. Then he changed. Hazard, he changed, and Trossard and, and Mertens came on, but with no effect again. And then you're thinking, like, what is going on here? It looks like the players don't play for him anymore. It looks like he's 
doesn't really want to be there. It looks like even between the players, there's tensions. They don't play with... They don't work hard. They don't play with their heart on their sleeves. Then Courtois makes a mistake on the first goal, although I think defensively, as a whole, it's a, it's a really bad defending wide free kick. And then after that, they just panic completely. And they need to wake up. They can still qualify. Of course, if they beat Croatia, they will qualify. Even a draw might be enough. However, I cannot see how playing like that, they can qualify. Lukaku played the last 10 minutes. And I suspect he will start now against Croatia. But, Gab, I, really, it was, it was really, really bad. Like, bad. The atmosphere in the stadium was incredible because it was full of Moroccans. Literally, it felt like playing in, in, in Rabat. But what Belgium offered was shameful. Really, really bad. Morocco could win the group. Yeah. And, and you know what? They can play much better than they did because it was still a bit laborious and apart from Ziyech and a bit Bufal, there's not much there. But if, 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 the, if it clicks even more, if Regragui can get them to play even better, they can be a real threat. And by the way, Jules, there was a remarkable late change of goalkeeper for Morocco. Yeah, it was crazy because during the anthem that the whole stadium literally sang, it was really, really beautiful. But Buru was there, of course. Hand on the heart and singing like everybody else. But you could see that it, there was something wrong. And then he felt dizzy. Maybe the heat, he was really, really warm. Although there was obviously the aircon in the stadium uh, in this one. Uh, and then you would like, literally, you blinked. And then Munir was in goal. I was like, hang on. This is not, I, I looked on the screen and said, this is not Bunu here. And I could tell he was struggling before. And Munir did really well considering he had no time to prepare. I think psychologically, he really thought he was going to be on the bench, yeah. full stop. Uh, so well done to Munir, and again, well done to Morocco. It was one of the, the most famous victories in, in World Cup, for sure. The, I think the first time they win a World Cup game since 1998, so well done to them. Really, really impressive. Argentina bounced back from their defeat to Saudi Arabia with a 2-0 win over Mexico as Lunes Scaloni makes a bunch of changes, and of course, who scores the first goal? Oh, was first goal, yeah. Lionel Messi, and... As yeah. Very, very late first goal. Um, obviously, it's a really important goal. And in the list of messy moments, it's going to be up there. It wasn't a tremendous no. goal. Um, you know, he took a shot. I think Memo Chua could have done better. Yeah. To the, the, the defenders. I'm assuming he was unsighted. Yeah, there was a few bodies in front, but Herrera is too late to come across and, and, and broke the shot when everybody in the whole world knew what Messi was going to do. Yeah, it's kind of pretty odd. When Messi has him on that position, he usually shoots, yeah, so exactly. it's not really a surprise. Um, yeah, I, I didn't like the way they lined up. I didn't, you know, Enzo Fernandez came on, scored a tremendous goal. Lovely I would man. assume at this point he's going to start. Sure. Guido Rodriguez starting. Well, I'm sorry, why? Against Mexico? I mean, Paredes was bad in the first game, so you, you drop Paredes? him. You understand why you don't drop him, you keep the ball, and then maybe you think the physicality from Mexican, that Guido will be the, I, I don't know, because I'm struggling to understand why I we mean, don't have a DePaul, Enzo, midfield too. Rodriguez is basically an Argentine match, right? Yeah, yeah. With less talent, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. So, well, well, why do you need him in this I game? Know. I don't know. I mean, I, it, was, it, was, it, was just a, it was just odd choices it again. It was weird. Um, and, you know, I, I, at left back, dropping Tagliafico, Again, I thought that was a bit weird, too. Like, did he do that much wrong? At least you've got a guy who can... You yeah, have a guy but Acuna, who can run Acuna as well. Acuna is, is a decent left-back. Uh, that didn't shock me. That didn't, as much as, that didn't shock me as much as the Guido Rodriguez choice, which I thought was really weird. What do we make of Mexico? Because we talked about sort of, you know, they always advance and get to the round of 16. I just never want to see Tata Martino... Managing one of the games, I want him out. I don't want him in Doha. I don't want to co come across him. I know they can still qualify. They would need a bit of a, not a miracle, but a lot of things going their way. I just think Tata Martino has done more bad things for this national team than good things. And I think this is an understatement. I think he's been terrible. His tenure has been terrible. They've, they've, they've lost to the U.S. I think three or four times since he's been in charge. I mean, come on. It's a poor generation of players relative to the ones they had in the past as well, right? Yeah, yeah potentially. And there's, but there's players that are really good, like Esan Alvarez, who he doesn't even play. So what's the point? This group, by the way, yeah, it's an Alvarez thing. I, I, don't, I just can't get my head funny. around it. When I was, uh, uh, I was doing the YouTube show and the lineups came through while we were on air and the person who sent the lineups through just had the last names, right? And I saw Alvarez and I saw I assumed. You assumed that I assumed was the right that's one. An I would assume it was that guy. The right one. No, it's the other dude. It was the wrong advice. 
Jules, we praised Tunisia's effort against Denmark, but they really let us down oh, against man, Australia. Come on. Come on. They did the hard work against Denmark. This was a game that they should have won. They created enough chances, and what let them down is their finishing. And I don't understand why Wabi Kadri is not playing more, why Kadri, who's the head coach, has hardly played him so far in this tournament, unless he's not fit, and I don't know about it. But I, I'm convinced that with Kadri in that team, they would have at least scored in that game. So maybe... Maybe drawn it, maybe won it. But it was a big chance missed, big opportunity missed for them. They could have had four points right now and we'd be looking really good for qualifications now. And it would have been a theme for some of these African teams who I think have played really well, but just you know, putting out more broadly, uh, certainly haven't collected as no, many points. Definitely because not. you could certainly make the case for Senegal. Morocco have yeah. obviously done well. Um, so, yeah, no, it's not good here. It's not good. It's not good. Gab, I know your heart beats for Japan in this tournament. We all know that. But they really messed up against Costa Rica. You know, I defended Morias. Remember last time yeah, we talked we about did. you talked about oh, was he bad with the lineup he put at the beginning and then better in the second half? Like, no, this is part of his game plan. Yeah. Now I need to I need to rethink this. I don't understand what the heck your game plan was. You, you leave Crazy. Ito out. You leave who was outstanding in the first game. You leave Mitoma out. You leave uh, you leave Asano out. Who scored oh, the winner against Germany? You know, you play this guy so much. Look, I mean, he's not, not a bad player, but, like, why are you all of a sudden playing guys who didn't play before and whatever? Know, changing half of the team like that, but not I, playing I the mean, key players. Look, again, they still did enough to win, right? Yeah, if yeah, we're going to yeah. go there. Yeah, yeah. Costa Rica, I say this. Ticos, I say it with, with the biggest love. And you're a small country. This is not a great generation. Your old players are too old. Your young players are, are, are too young. You sent two teenagers on yeah. at the end and whatever. Japan are just a better team. And yet, still, Costa Rica beat them. Yeah, and, right done. you know, that's a fact. And that's on Japan. Yeah. Let's talk world champions, Woo! shall we, Jules? What did you make of the 2-1 win over Denmark? Boom. That's what I made of it. I thought it was very, very good. I have to say, yeah, we considered a goal on set pieces. And Lindstrom has a really good chance at 1-1 after that. But apart from that... Never in doubt. You say never in doubt? No, nah, I mean, come on. We controlled the game. We had an XG of one at halftime when it was nil-nil, but we should have already been tuning it up. And then the chances came and came again in the second half. It was, I thought it was really good in midfield. Griezmann was outstanding in his new role. I thought Rabio Tremini did really well. Upamecano and Varane, who was back in the team, were outstanding. Okay, it was against Cornelius, who is like, really... I don't ever want to see Cornelius ever in the World Cup. Would you see Cornelius oh my God. or Tata Martino? I mean, like, they, can, they can meet up if they want and then fly together in the Maldives on holidays. <laughs> I just don't want to see either of them. Um, and Kilian was just Kilian. And, and he, was, he was really, really good. He scored the two goals. He's got now more goals in World Cup than Thierry Henry, who, scored, who played in four World Cups and played 17 games to score six. Kilian has scored seven in nine. It's an incredible record, record so far. And, and, if, and if things continue like this, my only issue, Gabi, is that we're starting to be too confident and too arrogant. And I know my boys, we, we get all the feedback from the training camp, from the camp, and they, they, they're just they're starting to be overconfident, and that, that scares me a little bit. French but, people know. being overly confident. <laughs> hmm. Never seen that. I don't know before. what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Wojciech Chesny saves a penalty, and Robert Lewandowski finally scores his first World Cup goal as Poland defeats Saudi Arabia 2-0. Did you see how happy Lewandowski was? Oh, no, no. And there's the assist on the Zielinski goal it as well. Was so sweet. Yeah, I was happy, happy for Zielinski. Yeah, Zielinski really nice deserves goal. more credit. And I, I thought he was getting forward more. He, it looked like you know, uh, he had more of those opportunities. Lewandowski, by the way, not top form. He had that other breakaway where he was on his own with Krakowiak. He couldn't get in the ball. Yeah. But you know, the goal changes things. And now Poland suddenly, I think, are... Are in a good position and look, Saudi Arabia, the tremendous home support. They missed the penalty as well. They played well too. They, they did they, not play badly at all. They created chances. I'm telling you, this group. That's amazing. Let's review this a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, mi amigos argentinos next door. Yeah. You guys aren't home and hose at all. Definitely not. At all. Definitely fact, not. Let's just review this quickly because Argentina on three points, yeah. Poland on four points. Yeah. Saudi on three points yeah. and Mexico on one point, yeah. right? So everybody can still qualify. Everybody can still qualify. Um, Poland against Argentina is kind of an it's in and out game. game. I love Chesney at the end saying, no offense to Saudi Arabia players, but I'm here to play against Messi and Argentina. And I think, <laughs> I I think the Poles are going to be really, really up for this and really looking, especially now that they can qualify. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, 
it's funny because I think stylistically, I don't think they're a bad match against hmm? against Argentina. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you look at the, the the types of threats that that Argentina brings, so um, I am going to that game and I'm really looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah, that would be good. Holland and Ecuador draw one-one. Jules. Uh oh, I, I wonder if you're going to make it a trifecta: Tata ah. Martino, Cornelius, and Louis Van Gaal. Yeah, Tata, can you wait for Van Gaal as well? He can fly out to Maldives with you because. What's going on? What's happening? What, I, what are the devs doing? Almost, well, you know what? I, I, look, this, this is my, my Louis van Gaal theory. He says, yes, I've already said we're going to win the World Cup. Yeah, he said it's too that. easy for me. So I'm going to give myself a handicap, like in golf, right? Yeah. Hence, here's Davy Klassen. I'll give you some Davy Klassen. <laughs> I'm going to screw around with the back line um, but you like, know, uh, for no reason whatsoever. And oh, and Memphis? Stop? I'm going to keep Memphis in the, in, in the freezer. Did you stop playing completely? I mean... I know they've got Katana, so I think I think they're going to qualify. How cool would it be if Qatar said? Yeah, but it's uh, not going to happen. I'll tell you that right now. So uh, it would be okay, and and you don't. We saw the Euros; they played really well in the group stage, and then crashed out to the Czech Republic in the last 16. So it, it doesn't mean that playing well in the group stage helps you out after anyway. However, I just don't understand how they could have been so good before this competition, and now that that has started, they're just completely. Insignificant maybe the way not, they play. Maybe they were never really that good. No, honestly. No, maybe, maybe not. But not. true like, that they beat Belgium twice, and we see Belgium now, and we're like, okay, this is not a really good team. I, I don't know. But I, I don't know. I don't. I, I like Louis Van Gaal when he takes the game to the opposition, like he used to do back in the day. I don't like defensive Louis Van Gaal, and I know. No, I know me that neither. he had a good me World neither. Cup run back in was it 2014. But come That's on. right, yeah. Hey. But big love to Ecuador because they were outstanding. Yeah, a lot of credit. Lot I, of credit. I genuinely didn't think Ecuador. We're going to be played so well, and I really hope that Ina Valencia is fit and ready to play either against against the against Senegal or if they do qualify at least for the last 16. Because obviously, with him and without him, is it's a very different story. But they were fantastic and deserve to win that game big time. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The host nation, Qatar, as we said, were the first team to, uh, they were playing, so they were the first to play in this World Cup and they're the first to be eliminated as well after the defeat against Senegal. Yeah, well, you know my thoughts on Senegal. I thought they deserved to beat Holland, um, and they kind of got a little bit screwed in that game. Yeah. Uh, and it was important that they win it. Um, they're another team who, you know, comes down to Senegal and Ecuador, unfortunately, because like you said, Holland will be heavily favored yeah, against yeah. Qatar. You know Qatar is the worst, the worst host ever. I looked at all the World Cups for my article on Qatar, and like no one had lost, no, no host had ever lost their first two games. Everybody had at least... One win or one draw, like uh, through the history of it, they're the worst. I'm sorry, it's the fact they're just the worst host, which is a shame. Holland just need a point from this game, right? Yeah, just a point. And then I, 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 not, like I've got many Dutch friends. Hope Holland, all this stuff. But given the Louis van Gaal situation, I'd love it if there was a way for Senegal and Ecuador to both go through. But the only possibility that they both go through is if Cutter beat Holland yeah. and. That's not gonna that ain't going to happen. All That's right. not okay. going to happen. All right. Neymar has provided us with an injury update, Jules. And what's the latest on Danilo? Yeah, if we start with Neymar, he posted a photo on Instagram yesterday of his ankle. That oh, looks giant ankle. That looks massive. And he's doing treatment 24-7. And Marquinhos said today that he's looking to be better, which I don't believe. I think this is a really bad one. He might be okay for the last 16, maybe for the quarterfinals. But we certainly won't see him again in these group stages, which we kind of anticipated, remember, uh, after the game. Uh, when, we do the la- when we did the last show, it's a real shame. I don't know what Chichi is going to do. I think Fred is going to come on and play alongside Casemiro and Paqueta is going to be packet pushed. further forward. The packet further forward. And I think Edem Militao will replace Danilo, who is also out for the group stage. But looks not maybe as serious as Neymar's injury. So Danilo might come back earlier. I'm really worried about Neymar, I have to say here. Really, really, really worried. I just hope that his World Cup is not over. And the president keeps saying, no, no, he will be back. Don't worry, he'll be back. Okay, but when I see his ankle, 
last night, that, that's not reassuring. It, it's just a question of getting the swelling down. And I know, but if the ligaments, you know, they, it swells for a reason. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, I find it really worrying. From Danilo to Danilo, Gabi, because Danilo Pereira is out, of is out for Portugal as well. Do you think Fernando Santos will go for Pep or for Antonio Silva, young Antonio Silva, to replace him? So, Fernando Santos, Mr. Reliable, yeah. Mr. Old School, loyal, play loyal the percentages, yeah. everything points to Pep. Yeah. However, dude, Antonio Silva is really good. Yeah. And I wonder if at some point the players around him, starting with Ruben Diaz, might say, Mr. Fernando, sorry, uh, I really got to deal with Jacques Ancelo. It's a nice idea. I have to deal with Jacques Ancelo in my back line, phenomenal player and stuff, but we're not Manchester City, and the guy goes wandering around and whatever because yeah. that's how he rolls. And Rafael Guerrero, who's another one, right? He's very attacking, that's right. I mean, are you really going to leave me back here with Grandpa here? <laughs> I mean, I don't... But you know that's what Fernando Santos is going to do, right? You know there's, there's no doubt Pep is going to start tomorrow. I, it's not a knock on Pep, and I believe the no, 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 no. I Pep. don't even know the guy can last 90 minutes. And I just think if you're going to have it in there, it's going to screw up Guerrero and Joaconcelo too because they're going to be like, oh, no, we need to sit more. We can't leave Ruben there, there on his own. I know. I'd be very surprised. If, I, mean, I would love Antonio Silva to start. We saw him in the Champions League with Benfica against, against PSG. This loss for it was really great. serious. And yeah. it has serious knock-on effects for Portugal, I think. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Arsenal have been strongly linked with Shakhtar Donetsk and your boy Mihailo Mudrik. Uh, Jules, you're a fan. I'm a fan to a certain extent, Gabi, though, uh, because I'm not really sure he's ready yet for the Premier League. I'm not saying about Arsenal and the way Arsenal play, just the Premier League full stop. I think he's still someone who needs a lot of space in front of him for his pace to, to, to get him going and to make those differences. I don't think, for example, he would be very comfortable in tight spaces against... And Arsenal, generally, the way they play, they, there isn't a lot of space in front of them. Exactly. But on 1v1, I think there's so much potential there to exploit that with the right coaching like an Arteta coaching, for example, I think he can improve very quickly. So it will depend on how much money you have to spend. If we're talking around the 70, 80 million, I think this is too much for someone like him who I really don't think he's ready yet. I agree. So the story that was doing the round actually said, oh, no, Shakhtar will take 40 million for him. At 40 million, I think other clubs would get involved. Yeah. Um, I'm also wondering... I mean, the man is a winger, right? He, could, he, could he turn into, you know, he's Ukrainian Neymar? Could he do something else? Sure. But yeah. for right now, unless you're really planning to take a long view, do you really want to bring him to a team that already has two very young, very talented wingers in soccer Martinelli and create that kind of situation? But you need, worry a bit about of, minutes? You need more depth. In no, the, I agree in that you positions. need depth. But he's not going to provide depth if he's still settling in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And he's somebody who wants to start, and rightly so. Yeah. So, that's I, I, I'd spend my money differently if I were yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, no, that's true. The Kosovo FA have lodged a formal complaint with FIFA uh, after photos emerged of the Serbian dressing room showing a flag that they find offensive. That was before the, the Brazilian game in their dressing room. Yeah, so this flag basically, it shows a map of Serbia, which includes Kosovo, which of course, how can I say it without getting in trouble, was formerly part of Serbia Previously, although they have a big ethnic Albanian and Kosovo yeah, population yeah. and so on. Anyway, whatever. Now they're independent. And there was writing on top which said something like no surrender or, or, or something to that effect. Like, this is obviously a very ethnically charged yeah. thing. And I would simply ask to the Serb, to the Serb, not the Serb players, whoever put that in the dressing room. Like, do you need this as motivation when you're playing Brazil? I know, I know. Do you, do you, that was the what weird, does this have that to do? Weird, do you think Neymar could find Kosovo on a map? <laughs> like, do you, do you, why do you have to do this? And then the other Muppet who goes and takes a picture, posts it on social media. Why do you have to act this way? Somebody did this, right? Yeah. I, I don't want to get in the rights of wrongs or whatever. And obviously there's things going on there with, with, with the ethnic Serb population. And look, this is all great. Yeah. But I'm saying is, why take this to a World Cup where Kosovo aren't even here. I know. Where you put this flag, it's like, it doesn't mean anything to anybody other than Serbs and Kosovars, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because it's, it's some Cyrillic writing and whatever. Well, why do you have to do this? I don't know. I, I, I wish the Serbian FA took the lead on this and say, 
We have our own political views, but it was not appropriate for us to have it in here. And you don't have to out the player or whoever it is, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you should find them internally and say, never again. Xavi was asked about Palmeiras' wunderkind, Endrick. And ah. He was pretty open about Barcelona's yeah, interest. Yeah, basically saying that we had a meeting, they had a meeting with Endrick's father and Endrick himself to present him or them the, pro- the Barca project. He said he's super talented, we need super talent in our, in our squad, in our club. So I guess they joined the list, already long list of the club that are chasing Endrick, who's just turned 16, let's remind everybody. So a super young wonder kid. And, and then he can pick wherever he wants to go. We know that Chelsea, PSG, Real Madrid, now Barcelona, of course, are in the race. There will probably be more. He can't move before he's 18. Let's remind everybody. So you might sign him now, but he would not come to your club until he's 18. So be interesting to see where it goes. I mean, if Xavi comes to your house and says, listen, this is my plan. This is Barcelona. You can play with so, 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 and so. It's, but, but like a Chelsea or Real Madrid or PSG would do, it's... You know, this must be pretty cool. In I, I, I love Xavi's openness with this. Uh, you know, this whole idea about, oh, I can't speak of players of other clubs and so on. Like, a lot of times it's an excuse. Yeah. I love the guy saying the facts. We love the guy. We're taking our best shot at him. I think it's honest. Yeah, it shows, yeah, it shows that, 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 that you're trying. Maybe he'll go there. You know, if I'm Hendrik, the one thing, obviously you know, people always talking about the project, the project. I'm looking at, okay, so... Who plays in the attacking positions for Barcelona? Yeah. Um, and where will they be in two years' time? Yeah. That's what I would be looking uh, at. Completely. And the other thing is, where will Hendrik be in two years' time? Do we know that he's a winger? Do we know if he's a 10? Do we know if he can turn into a center forward? Yeah. The guy is 16 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. That's true. Marco then reports that Manchester United are one of several clubs interested in t- taking Christian Pulisic. On loan in January, something that was mentioned already back in the summer. Yeah, so the, the, the thing here, though, is the stories come out again. I think Pulisic's people are very aggressively trying to find a home for him. Yeah. Uh, he was linked with, with Newcastle, and I Liverpool think. Liverpool as well, I think I saw Liverpool. By Liverpool, too. Uh, he stood up the parts that United would consider him on loan if the price is right and if everything is right. My one thing here, though, is if you're Pulisic... Why would you want to go to United? Not because United are bad, but because when it comes to wingers, again... They're loaded already. Anthony. Yeah. Jaden Sancho. These are two guys who, between them, they spend nearly 200 million on, right? Yeah. Um, Rashford. Rashford. Elanga. Yeah, Rashford really center forward. And we'll see more of Rashford on the wing, yeah. presumably, because yeah. I assume they're going to sign a, a, a center forward. Yeah, or Martial would play right? anyway, yeah. Ganacho. Um, Elanga. Garnacho and Elanga, too. So the kids. Like, what's going on? Like, why would I, you go there? I think you have to ask yourself, what do you want? And I think what would be best for him is go to a club where I can win a starting position and play regularly. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of Champions League caliber clubs where he could do that. And maybe it's not going to be at the very highest level straight away. Yeah. But, you know, rather have the situation at Chelsea where he's in, he's out. Because to me, that's where you're headed at Manchester United as well. Unless, of course, Eric Ten Hag comes in your house and says, yeah, and says, and says oh, that's Christian, you're part of the project. Come to me. Come to me. <laughs> right, Jules, that brings us to an end, but we got to come back of and course. do this all over again because we have all those pivotal games. Oh, my word. It's going to be good. So uh, we're going to be back, I believe it's on Friday. Yeah. Um, check your local listings. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor.